Good morning. That didn't sound very good. Good morning. That sounds good. This is the day the Lord has made. It is a beautiful day. We're glad you're with us. And may we stand now as we join together in our hymn of celebration, number 702, Sing with All the Saints in Glory.
this time, may the ushers come forward as we receive our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
offer to you before your throne. These are gifts, tithes, and offerings. May you bless and multiply these and continue to use them for the ministry of your church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from St. Luke's 5, 30 through 32. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to the disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. This is the word of God to God's people. Thanks, Thanks be unto God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for the reading of the word and once more come face to face with you this morning through it. And that we might pray that these words, more than words heard, even words written on page with ink now, become living words. Words living in hearts and souls. And as good seed that finds its way to good soil, digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, may now this, the seed of the word of God, dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us this morning a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God and in whose name we pray. Amen. As we begin uh, and continue our series on religion or relationships, I would like to draw your attention to the screen as we remember some of the reasons that people give when they feel they can't come to church. Here's a few reasons why people don't go to church. I can't come to church until I get my life together. Church is how? I got my life together. Church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And there's always room for one more. All they care about is your money. They care about me, not about my money. Is there some kind of dress code? Yes, the code is wear some clothes. Church, it just makes me nervous. I was nervous at first, and then I felt right at home. I'm not sure I believe everything that you believe. But you can still belong. Church is for wimpy, girly men. You want to say that again? If you knew me, and what I've done, you wouldn't want me. If you knew me and what I've done, you wouldn't be worried. You can come to my church even if you were brought up Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Jewish, Mormon, Lutheran, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, Southern Baptist, a little bit of everything and a whole lot of nothing. See, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. So please, come to my church. 
where nobody's perfect, where beginners are welcome, where socks are optional, but grace is required, where forgiveness is offered, where hope is alive, and where it's okay to not be okay, really. And so we begin this fourth sermon on this series of religion or relationship. Well, the reason that people not coming to church is that church is filled with hypocrites. Now, we have looked at several other things in this series. We looked at, uh, does the fact that church makes me nervous be a reason not to come to church? We looked at, uh, do I have to have it all together? And if I don't, can I come to church? Last week, we looked at the dress code, and if anybody looked at Brian and me last week, you would know that you could come to church dressed any way that you could, because, Brian, that was ridiculous. <laughs> it was comfortable. <laughs> but very comfortable. And if you could come to church like we did, then anybody is welcome to come to church. But of all the excuses that I perhaps get most from people who don't come to church is when they say to me, I don't go to church because of all of the hypocrites. And as well said on this uh, little viewing here today, one of the things that I have told people for years when they said, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites, I always say, come and join us. We can always use one more. <laughs> and while I sometimes say that a bit tongue in cheek, actually it is pretty biblical and it is almost a paraphrase of Jesus' own words. One of the things that often angered the critics of Jesus was his choice of dinner companions. The Gospels tell us that Jesus kept a pretty motley crew around himself at times. Tax collectors, Pharisees, harlots, common fishermen, assorted women, the rabble, the hoi polloi of the lower social classes. And he kept being told, you really should be more careful with the people that you invite to dinner and with whom you hang out. And truly, you know, having dinner with someone is usually an act of friendship and companionship. That's why most people will go out to dinner on a first date, why anniversaries are celebrated with special dinners why some of our most celebrated times with family and friends are special occasions where you gather for dinner with uh, friends and family and you join with laughter and loves. So you have to be careful with the people that you invite to dinner. Oscar Wilde once said, after a good dinner, one could forgive anyone, even one's relatives. Jesus makes an important observation about those he called to dinner, and if we will hear him, we will hear about ourselves as well. Jesus said, They that are well need not a physician, but they that are sick. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, when someone tells me they don't go to church because of the hypocrites, I remember what Jesus said. I remember it because it would be like my saying, I don't go to doctors because people who are sick go to doctor's offices. Yeah, and, and what are doctors for? Kind of a nonsensical thing to say. Just as nonsensical for someone to say about not going to church. I suspect that the real reason is that it 
probably is just a good excuse. For can anyone truly say that they are the only person left on the face of the earth who isn't a hypocrite? That they are the only perfect person to be able to judge everyone else? That they are the only person so good that everyone else is so bad? That they are the only person left that could be able to say that I am the only good person and everyone else is so bad? You see, if I waited to fill the church with people who had it all together, with people who were perfect, with people who never had a bad thought, with people who never did anything wrong, with people who never sinned, with people who were never hypocritical, then we would have to close our churches down. Why? Because there'd be no one here sitting in the pews. Because no one is perfect, and we all have a long way to go to even get close. I've always said that church is not a museum for saints, as much as it is a hospital for sinners. When you are sick, where do you go? To a doctor. Jesus knew that. When you are sick of soul and heart, you go to Jesus. You see, we aren't perfect, and that's just the truth of it, my friends. But the beginning of wisdom is to recognize that state of affairs. Now, there is a wonderful prayer that every one of us has heard. It was written by Reinhold Niebuhr, a famous German theologian known to all clergy, and his prayer to most people, even if they don't know his name. Perhaps every one of you could recite it with me. It goes, God grant me the serenity hmm, to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Isn't it amazing? One man's prayer is that well known to so many people. But perhaps most people don't know his whole prayer that concludes in this way. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, Trusting that you, O oh God, will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy in the life forever in your presence. That prayer certainly covers a lot in our lives, does it not? To have peace in our lives even when we can't change everything. To have courage to change things when we can find a way and we need to. And wisdom, well, we certainly know there is precious little of that left these days. For those of you who have been following my daily prayers on my Facebook page, you remember the one that I gave yesterday. Oh, Lord, is there intelligent life on other planets? Because I'm having so much trouble finding any here. <laughs> However, many of us are like the elderly person who just posted on her door in the retirement village the senility prayer, which said, God, grant me the senility to forget the people I've never liked, the good fortune to run into the ones that I do like, and the eyesight to tell the difference. <laughs> you see, this is exactly why we are all here today, because every one of us just happened to be hypocrites 
and sinners. That's what church is all about. If you are perfect, I am giving you my personal, opinion, uh, personal permission right now. You can leave. And you will never have to come back to church again. Go on. Go on. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Tina, be careful. I... I hear the storm clouds coming. I hear lightning. I hear lightning. <laughs> Why are you all sitting there? You're not perfect? Brian, can you believe that? Some of you are sinners? Oh my, oh my, oh my goodness. I can't believe it. You're not all perfect? Whoa. I need to get another church. I have often heard people also say that a church is a place for weak people, that religion is just a crutch, that as it is supposed to somehow be bad if you need a crutch when you limp. You mean to tell me that we always have to be strong? Do you mean to tell me that you never limp in life, that we never need to be healed? When I look at the world, at times, all I see are hurting, crippled people who need crutches and hospitals and doctors, and many of them are people who don't need physical healing, but emotional, spiritual, and relational healing that goes all the way down to the depths of their souls. One thing about the Methodist Church is that we recognize that we are sinners, which is the reason that we believe in the Methodist Church in open communion. Some churches restrict communion to only those of that church or that denomination. Others that you have to be a member of the congregation. Others that you somehow have to be holy by the time you get to the communion table. Jesus, however, invites everyone to dinner at this table with him. And John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement, taught that Holy Communion was not a self-congratulatory meal for saints, but rather a life-changing meal for sinners. You see, Wesley found out this the hard way. In 1736, he made his journey to the Georgia colony in Savannah, and he had a church there. And John Wesley always was falling in love with somebody. And he had this girl, Sophie Tucker, who he had fallen in love with. And she decided that she was going to like someone else. And John Wesley didn't like that. And so when they came forward in the church for communion, John Wesley wouldn't serve them. He got in trouble for it and actually was the reason he came back to England. But it changed his life when he understood that every person who comes to this table to receive communion deserves to receive it. Because you see, not only was this a sanctifying ordinance by which a person becomes forgiven and can live their lives in a more holy way, it also becomes a converting ordinance for those who with sin in their heart can come forward and receive forgiveness. You see, as we gather around this table, every one of us is called, even as so long ago, Jesus called everyone who had come to sit around the table and have a meal with him. Not just the holy, not just the righteous, but everybody just like us. 
Therefore, Wesley called all earnest seekers to the Lord's table. The only requirement to come to the table is a desire to meet the risen Christ, no matter whether sinner or saint. And when we do, something happens within us. Not long ago, I was watching the movie Shadowlands. It's a film based on the life of C.S. Lewis, the famous Christian writer of the last century. In the film, there is a scene where Lewis returns from London to Oxford, where he has just been married to Joy Grissom, an American woman, in a private religious service at her hospital bedside. She is dying from cancer. And through the struggle with her illness, she and Lewis discovered the depth of their love for each other. And as Lewis arrives at the college where he teaches, he runs into an old friend, the Reverend Harry Harrington, an Episcopal priest, who asks what news there is. Lewis hesitates and then decides to speak of the marriage and not about the cancer. And he says, good news, I think, Harry. Yes, good news. And Harrington, not aware of the marriage and thinking that Lewis is referring to Joy's medical situation, replies, I know how hard you have been praying. Now God is answering your prayer. And Lewis responds, that is not why I pray. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I am helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. And this is what happens at this table. It does not change the everlasting, omnipresent God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Coming to this table, sinners though we be, it changes us. And you see, this is the way of Holy Communion when we come to the understanding that we aren't here because we are perfect. We come here because we're needy. We're come here because we're ready to be changed by God. You see, we're in need of love. We're in need of peace. We're in need of forgiveness. We're in need of the presence of God. An early Methodist hymn written by Charles Wesley entitled, Come Sinners to the Gospel Feast, says these words, Come sinners to the gospel feast, let every soul be Jesus' guest. You need not be left one behind, for God hath bidden all mankind. Come all ye souls by sin oppressed, ye restless wanderers after rest, ye poor and maimed and halt and blind, in Christ a hearty welcome find. Every time the church gathers for the Lord's Supper, it joyfully proclaims wonders of wonders that Jesus still chooses the same kind of sinful, disreputable dinner companions like us that once got into so much trouble, but it means that you and me are welcome here. And thank God he still does. So sinners and hypocrites, welcome. To the table. On the joy of this communion Sunday, we have the opportunity and the privilege to come to the table 
not putting on airs or false pretenses or wearing facades, but to remember the night that Jesus was with the disciples. When he took bread and he broke it, he gave thanks and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. When you receive this, do this in remembrance of me. And following supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. He raised it, he gave thanks, and he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. When you receive this, do this in remembrance of me. Glorious and merciful God, we come to this table today to give you thanks and praise that we've come before you, not perfect, but perfectly forgiven for the sins we've committed against one another and have committed against you. That as we come to this table, we remember that these elements of bread and juice might be more than simple elements, but the reality of your grace that is shared, that through the perfect love of your Son upon the cross, we have been forgiven. That in the mystery of our faith, we can proclaim the good news that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. So gracious God, here in this place, we ask that you will meet us, that in that we might be restored in our relationship, we might be reinvigorated and renewed to continue to take one step at a time, that we bring glory to you in all that we say and do. So gracious God, prepare our hearts to receive. Open our minds and our lives to you as we come to this table. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As the servers and the uh, ushers are coming forward to receive this morning, we want to remind you that the table, as Gary shared, is open. You do not need to be a member of our church. You don't need to be United Methodist to receive. God's grace is so much greater. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks and praise that we might join together in community to experience the blessing of your grace. May we continue to give thanks in all ways to rejoice for the gifts that you continue to share. We pray for the week ahead, the many adventures, for the music that will be lifted, for the blessings that we will experience, and we pray for those who will struggle for the mountains that seem 
impossible to climb, that we will continue to walk with one another one step at a time. And as we lift up our prayers and our praise to you this morning, glorious God, may we lift our voices together in unison to offer the prayer that your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, taught, that we too may pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May you stand as we join together in our hymn of dedication, Shalom to you as found in your bulletin. standing next to you, and as you hold one another's hand, give a squeeze, and may you go forth with joy to know that you'll never go through life alone, that you continue to hold one another's hand, and that God will continue to walk with you one step at a time. May we go forth then to serve and to love, not to be perfect, but show the perfect love of God. Go now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. 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 